Well, this is the episode that we've been dreading for months, that we hoped we wouldn't have to record, but unfortunately we do. Welcome in to this week's Real Pod Wednesdays. Dan Hope joined by Colin Haas Hill, and unfortunately, uh, we've been ex- forced to accept reality that Ohio State will not be playing football this fall. The Big Ten announcing on Tuesday that uh, it will not play fall sports. Ohio State actually confirming Wednesday evening after some back and forth that it uh, will not be looking to play outside the conference, uh, that it will be preparing toward playing in the spring. And uh, we're coming to you a little later on this uh, Wednesday night because uh, it's been a crazy two days and we're just now having the time to sit down and record a podcast. But I don't know if my head's even wrapped around it yet, Colin. How about you? Yeah, I, I think my head has wrapped around it because if I'm being honest, like it's been five months. Like I think way back when the, when March Madness and all that was canceled, like I think in our heads we're like, yeah, there's there's no way that this actually goes all the way into the fall and there's no college football, there's too much money on the line, all of this stuff. But we just had this thing creeping on us for, for so long that if I'm being honest, like I, I I can wrap my head around it because it feels like it feels like this should have been under control and we had enough time to to prepare for to prepare for everything that's happened and instead uh, the the pandemic is continuing to, to rage in the country and thus there is no college football in the Big Ten and you know we're gonna figure out what to do for the next few months but um, yeah it's it is an it's an absurd time and. While I say I can wrap my head around it, it's still going to be weird for the next few months, the fact that we've gotten into such routine throughout all of our lives, both of us and every single other person listening to this, that it's all going to change at least for one year, and who knows what it will be like in the spring, and we can have all those discussions, but just for the next few months, it's just going to be so different than anything else we've really experienced during this this part of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I meant. Logically... Yeah, it makes sense that we're where we are. Uh, logically, you know, I think the writing has been on the wall for this outcome for a while. And, uh, you know, I think we got some false hope last week. I mean, I remember last week starting the show and talking about actually getting to talk about football again. And I think the Big Ten, you know, gave us some false hope with uh, releasing the schedule and starting camp. And Ohio State actually started camp. I actually practiced. Uh, and then things moved really quickly from there. It was Wednesday a schedule came out. Then Thursday, Ryan Day talked to the media uh, about uh, the, the start of camp coming up. And they had their first practice on Friday. And then... Or no, they had their first practice on Thursday because the schedule changed. It's hard, it's hard to even keep it all track of at this point. It's been such a crazy couple weeks. But on Saturday morning the Big Ten announced that it was not going to proceed forward to padded football practices. And I think at that point, you could see where this thing was heading. But then, we saw this groundswell on Monday of Ryan Day and James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost all coming out and really opposing strongly the reports that the season was about to be canceled and we saw 
you know, so many Ohio State football players and so many football players from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and all over the country coming out and using that uh, we want to play hashtag and, and just so much opposition to this decision that was about to come. But I thought, I, I really did think going into Tuesday, I thought the Big Ten might kick the can down the road a little more. I, I thought they might they might delay it they 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 might wait because it, it was there was such a vocal opposition to what they were about to do but I, I thought they might push it back and try to make it work but then uh, Tuesday they went ahead pulled the plug uh, ended whatever denial we could be in forced us to accept reality that there's not going to be football this fall and that's extremely weird to think about. It's going to be extremely weird the first weekend of September. But we're not going to Ohio Stadium to cover Ohio State's season opener. There's just not going to be Ohio State football. And I don't don't know that I'm going to wrap my head around that until we actually get get into the fall and realize that hey, what the hell am I supposed to do with my Saturdays when I'm not covering an Ohio State football game? And I think a lot of people have that have that thought about, you know, why why are you seeing the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do do the do this right now? And I mean, you heard Ryan Day make the case multiple times, both before and after now, that he wanted the the Big Ten conference to delay this for at least a few weeks, see if they could figure out some sort of a plan. And then if they couldn't, then understandably they would move it to the spring or at least try to. And that never became a reality, as we all know. And and I think that the, the real question now, Dan, and, and I wonder if you have a take on this, is you know, do, do you feel that the, that the Big Ten acted too soon at all? Um, and, I, and I know there are so many opinions on both sides that it's just hard to even make a real opinion on this because – you have three conferences at the moment who are continuing playing, or at least saying that they're going to continue to play. You have the Big 12 releasing a schedule on Wednesday and and seemingly moving in that direction, and who knows what will happen with them. But as we sit here right now, how do you feel about how the Big 10 came to its decision and the ultimate decision that it made? Well, Colin, I can tell your dog has takes oh, on, on this decision. Apparently, I didn't know that, but, 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 but he does. Yeah, you know, it, it's such a hard question to answer because I think that's certainly the way fans feel right now. I think that's certainly the way players and coaches feel right now, and understandably so because it's so heartbreaking to, to have the season taken away. And I think that when on the same day your conference makes this decision that three other Power Five conferences indicate that they're still going to proceed forward, I, I think it makes that decision that much tougher to swallow and it does you know I, I think the big fear that everybody's got now is you know if you're an Ohio State fan as you're thinking man if, if, if these other conferences proceed forward and actually are able to play this fall yeah, how much does that set Ohio State back and I mean there's no question that if, if, if the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 are all playing this fall if, if you're a Big Ten football team or a Pac-12 football team, you're going to be sitting there thinking, why the hell aren't we playing right now? But, first of all, I'm I'm still not overly optimistic that those other conferences are going to play because, uh, I mean, we, we, we've just seen more and more 
you know, conferences cancel and cancel and cancel, and there's still a lot of things those conferences need to do to get to a point if they're going to be playing football games in a month or two. I mean, even those conferences are still saying we're evaluating. So if if this time next week those conferences have decided to cancel their season, I won't be shocked because, uh, you know, I, I think that's certainly very much a possibility. I think until that happens, though, there's going to be a lot of angst uh, toward the Big Ten uh, for making this decision. And, 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 I, and I understand it, you know, and I, I think the reality right now, though, is that, uh, you know, this, this could end up looking one of two ways. I think if the other conferences cancel... Or let's say they start and then things really don't go well, then I, I think in that case the Big Ten and the Pac-12 could ultimately look smart for the decision they made on Tuesday, for, for getting out ahead of it, for knowing when they needed to pull the plug, and, and, and just getting out in front of it. Now if, they, now, if the other conferences are able to play and the season uh, runs smoothly enough and they're able to play a full season then yeah the Big Ten uh, and the Pac-12 are going to look bad and it's going to hurt it's going to hurt them from a football perspective but I'm not confident enough to think that's actually going to happen to to make me convinced that the Big Ten made a mistake here you never want to play the results because then you can just say whatever you want and and just obviously in, in a year or so we'll know probably what the right decision was but um, we have to play the results right now to at least some sort of an extent just because when you think about um, the, the, the concerns that people have about coronavirus and, and the spread of it, like, as we always say and as, and as people have been saying for months as we continue to learn about this, we continue to learn about its long-term effects, we don't know when there will be a vaccine. Um, we, 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 all, we, there, there are so many unknowns still about this that it's hard to know what the right decision was um, or wasn't. And I think that the, the, there, there are a lot of just hard things to understand. Like you can just say something as simple as, like why would you cancel the season if, if you're the Big Ten right now, if, if you're bringing kids back to campus throughout the Big Ten schools, um, and the idea is sure, you're going to have a lot of mask wearing. You're going to try and, and keep everything clean. You're going to try and keep people away from each other, keep people from going to parties and whatnot. But as we, I think both of us sort of know, it, it's not it, it's not even really a feeling. It's sort of like I would be blown away if this didn't happen is people are still going to congregate. There are still going to be these gatherings, and, and the virus will still... I assume spread from person to person because there are going to be a lot of people in, in one area and to, to know that all of this is happening as Ohio State is going to keep its weight room open and continue to test players and at some point during the fall we'll have practices and you know you're doing pretty much everything you can do except for play other teams I think that's where the hard part comes in when you're just looking from the outside and thinking you know, it, it seems like you can do everything except for play on Saturdays, and the fact that that's the thing that that you know you 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 stop at, I think that's just so unfortunate for everybody involved, and I think that that's why you see Ryan Day and and all of the players just in total awe of of what has happened. Yeah, and I think it is you know just going off that point, I you know I think there is a real question here of 
you know, would the players be safer? If, you know, you're still, you know, having a season and if you're playing, I think that's a real question because I, I, I do think, you know, and I mean, Ryan Day acknowledged it when he was asked about it on Wednesday if he had concerns about this. I do think, you know, football players, you know, Ohio State or anywhere, when you take away the season, they're going to be a lot more likely to go to parties. They're going to be a lot more likely to, to, to go do things they probably shouldn't do during a pandemic because they, they no longer have that incentive of, of playing a season. So, you know, I, I, I don't think you can really factor that too much into your decision because you've got to, you know, you've got to look at just, you know, does playing football make it significantly increase the chances of, of spreading COVID-19? And I think ultimately that's the you know, decision if a Big Ten made, that's the determination they made, and they were, you know, fairly resolute in that. But there's so many different consequences of this. You know, I mean, you just think about, you know, players' mental health and just dealing with, you know, the disappointment of this. Uh, you know, there's so many different different factors. And, again, I, I, it's not to say that I think, you know, the wrong decision was made here. I think it... it you know, there's, there's a good argument that it was the decision that had to be made, and it, it was somewhat of an inevitable decision. But I also understand the pushback. I I I, I certainly emphasize empathize with the players and the coaches for how hard they've worked to to prepare for a season and to have this taken away from them now. And I, and I do think one thing. The Big Ten's been criticized on some, but I think is legitimate. Is it, it feels like the the players were really strung along. I mean, especially the last couple days where there were some reports out there that a, a decision had already been made, and you still had teams practicing because they weren't getting any direction from the conference about whether they should continue to practice or not. So, you know, I I I, I mean, I think. One of the big takeaways from all this would be uh, the Big Ten might have a communication problem. In fact, something they're going to need to work on because it, it's clear that a lot of players feel like their voices were not heard and, 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 and they're upset. Uh, you know, it's clear that coaches are upset and that there was a lot of discord, you know, in this decision and in schools that disagreed with each other. And for a first-year commissioner, Kevin Warren, you know he's got a tough job in front of him now to to, to get everybody back on the same page. And and if they're going to have a chance of doing this spring football season, they want to do, they better get everybody back on the same page quickly because they've got to start working toward that. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I think if you're, if you're talking about um, you know some of the some of the devastating parts of this too is is I like one of one of the, my main takeaways from this entire thing is when I when I'm thinking Ohio State specific and I and I look at all the photos that Zach Carpenter our, our recruiting uh, analyst who's also our photographer took of, of all the players walking out of um, walking out of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the final time um, at least um, until they start working out again is. You know, it's 
Ohio State was really set up for, for a special season again. And I think that Ryan Day hit it nail on the head today when he was talking about how this is a once-in-a-lifetime team. And I, I mean, I think that that's a little bit hyperbole. If I'm being honest, I think last year might have been the once-in-a-lifetime team. Like, the more I think about it and the more I think about that roster, like, that team was incredible. That team had maybe the best defense I, I think I might ever see at Ohio State, along with Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins. The team was incredible. But this team was stacked, too. And you have Justin Fields in his second year, who is a potential Heisman Trophy winner. You have Trey Sermon um, that they brought in from Oklahoma, Olave and Wilson at wide receiver, maybe the best offensive line. You have a lot of talent on the defensive line, even though some of it's inexperienced. You have seven upperclassmen linebackers, some talented defensive bats, even if they have questions. That is a stacked team, and I think that even if we, even if everybody decides that you know this spring thing can actually work. We, we know that we know that not all 85 of these guys are going to play in the spring. I mean, you're kidding yourself. I mean, Sean Wade's dad came out, what was it, a couple weeks ago and said that if they're not playing in the fall, then Sean Wade's out of there. Um, he's not going to play for, for Ohio State in the spring. You would just go train for the NFL draft, and I think that's totally fair. Um, you If you actually decide to play in the spring instead of go train for the draft, what you're doing is you're just taking a risk. And, and sure, it could be something that pays off where you stay totally healthy and um, you, you improve your draft stock uh, and then you are able to play again that fall. But I think it's also a little, a little bit of a risk. And, and someone like Sean Wade doesn't have to take that risk. And either does Justin Fields, either does Wyatt Davis. Josh Myers could probably stand to improve his draft stock, but he doesn't have to do it either. There are a lot of people in that position of, of, whether, of deciding whether or not they're going to, to to play this spring if that even happens. I think that's the that's the devastating part for Ohio State is, yes, once in a lifetime might be a little bit hyperbolic, but this team was stacked. And you see how many people are coming out now and saying that they had Ohio State as their national title pick. And I think that that's totally fair. I mean, we talked last week about how if they played that 10-game schedule, we thought Ohio State was going to run the table without question. And now that team is, is gone, and you just have to sort of look for the future. And, and right now, looking to the future is looking into um, a, a million and a half question marks. Yeah, I mean, it's easier to say if they're going to be your national championship pick when you might never have to be proven wrong. Uh, but Yeah, I mean, I'll say it like when Chris, I think Chris Holtman said after they got eliminated that he was really feeling this this team. And, you know, it's easy to say that as a coach when you never actually have to prove it. But I, I do think this Ohio State team this, this fall had it played – I think almost everybody would have had it as a top three national contender, and a lot of people would have picked him to win it all. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I agree. I do think they uh, were, you know, poised on paper to be a top three team in the country, along with Clemson and Alabama. And I think uh, certainly, you know, you're going to have a lot of people just thinking, you know, what 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 could have been, and you know, we'll see what happens. You know, will you know, you know, will this team get to? To, to play in the spring, that's that's the hope, and you know maybe we'll get to see uh, some of what this team could have been if they play in the spring. But you know, I think we also know that even if there's a spring season, that's not going to be a full season. It's not going to be a normal season, and depending on what those other conferences do, that you know, it, you know, those co- you know, if the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve all play this fall, then. The college football playoff was probably already going to have happened, and so you know, you, you know, you might not have 
you know, that chance to ever get to compete against those teams. You know, you might just be competing for a Big Ten championship, even if that spring season happens. So, you know, there's, you know, absolutely uh, all the reason to feel right now like, you know, this team just lost its opportunity to win a national championship. And, and, and that's hard. I mean, you know, I think a lot of times it's harder n- not knowing you know, knowing that it could have happened, but never getting that opportunity to prove it, than than going and actually getting that chance. You know, I mean, I think you think of, you know, how devastating last season was for Ohio State and its fans. You know, because you came so close, but at least you got that chance to to go there. This year, you might never get that chance, and and with a team with all that talent like you talked about. Uh, that's that's going to be really unfortunate, you know, if we don't if we don't get to see this team, you know, play it all. And like you said, I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to make assumptions on anyone's decisions, but you know, I, I I do certainly think that you know, there's a lot of guys, you know, and it's not just Justin Fields and Sean Wade who have hard decisions to make here. There's, you know, you know, you have a lot of guys, you know, someone like a Jonathan Cooper. He was interviewed on ESPN on Wednesday afternoon, and he said he didn't know what his decision was you know and he's you know he's someone you know to me i think you know if there's a spring season in, in terms of you know his chances to play in the nfl you know he he's someone who would want to play whatever he can get because i think he needs that big season to you know have that chance to improve his draft stock but you also got to look at it you know if you're a just if you're a john Finn cooper you're a justin hilliard you know someone like that you know you got to think about how much longer do I really want to be at Ohio State? You know, how I, you know, I mean, I mean, let, you know, let's say this season doesn't happen at all, and all these guys get another year of eligibility. Is, you know, is Justin Hilliard going to stay at Ohio State for a seventh year? You know, is Jonathan Cooper going to stay at Ohio State for a sixth year? At some point, you know, if you're a guy like Jonathan Cooper, you might be thinking, I should already be in the NFL right now. Am I going to do this for a whole another year? And potentially not even have the chance to play. So I think there's a lot of guys that are going to be in that boat right now, you know, over these next couple weeks that are going to look at, you know, before fall semester starts and say, okay, do I want to see this through? Or or is it time for me to just move on and, you know, prepare for, you know, hopefully being selected in the NFL draft? And it's going to be really interesting to see how those decisions play out. And certainly, you know, you also have that possibility right now, if those other conferences proceed forward, you know, maybe you have some guys transfer and try to play somewhere else where they can immediately play. Again, I think, you know, that's assuming those other conferences are able to play this fall. And I and I think, you know, if you're a player in that situation, uh, you, you probably want to not make a rash decision there because, uh, you might regret it if you transfer somewhere and then that team just ends up not being able to play. But but certainly, you know, there's a lot of guys who are going to have tough decisions to make here. And, you know, I think certainly I, I agree at least on the fact that, you know, I think if, if, if you're thinking this entire 85-man scholarship roster is going to be around for a spring season, you're, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, I think when you, when you just go player by player and look up and down this roster and, and think like, wow, like how how much does it impact this guy? Like I I really do think that that it's more guys than even you would think. Like someone like Baron Browning. Like what does Baron Browning do? 
if there's a spring season, would he play in it? And if there's no spring season, would he come back for the 2021 season? I really don't know. Then you think about someone like Enoch Vamayi, who could have gone on his mission trip and decided not to. And, and sure, I think that there's an argument to be made. It wouldn't have been a great time to travel. But they've started those up again. And, and what if he decides to go in, in August this year and, and all of a sudden that's a full year he could be doing his, his mission that he'll do at some point in his life. And by the time Ohio State starts playing again, it'll already be a year, uh, one of the two years, have have one of the two years down. And I think about someone like Cam Babb, who's worked his, worked his butt off to get back, and all of a sudden he can't get on the field. And I guess he'll have whatever practices he can get this fall and, and look forward to, to potentially playing in the spring. But someone like him, it would have been great to see him actually get back in the field for games. Like someone like Pete Warner. I was talking about Pete Warner as a potential guy who I could see as a top 45 pick in the draft. What does he do? I really don't know. And like someone like Tough Borland, have we seen the last of Tough Borland or do you think he comes back? To Ohio State, there's just so many, so many guys who I really, I just don't know about, and and I'm fascinated to find out what they do, and I think that it's terrible for them, and I feel for them because, you know, like you said, this wasn't really made by them, and I think that this is, you know, this is one of those things where Ohio State generally did most everything right. I mean, they they haven't released the data, they haven't released the numbers, the test results, which I think is just still mind-numbing, the fact that they still haven't done that. But from all reports, it doesn't sound like the what 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 they had to, to stop workouts was something that was, you know, overwhelming. It's not like the, the, the positive test results were into the dozens. Um, but just because Ohio State has done this, and, and made these sacrifices that I know we all saw Jonathan Cooper talking about on a video released by Ohio State at their last practice. Just because they did it right, it doesn't mean that they get to play football. And I think that that's, that stings for Ohio State. And, and that's, that, that's one of the other reasons why Ryan Day and everybody else is trying to push for them to, to delay this rather than put this off into the spring. Yeah, and I think, you know, you just talk about, you know, guys it affects. I mean, it, it really affects everybody because, I mean, you think about, you know, I, I think about the, you know, 14 early enrollees who came in and, you know, they came in, in in January and you're thinking about, you know, having, you know, this whole year to develop and, you know, you're expecting some of those guys to play. And, you know, now it's like, you know, you, 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 you enrolled early and you're not going to, you know, you're still going to wait a full year at least before you know you, you play a game with this team you know and, you know and now there's talk you know if if the season's in the spring what if the next group of early enrollees are able to play you know and then you know that could be a great opportunity maybe for a Jack Sawyer or a, a Travion Henderson coming in but it could also be bad for guys who are in front of them who who might be more likely to get passed up before they ever get an opportunity now if if you have all these guys coming in at once before they've ever played a game. So, you know, this decision, you know, it's it's not just going to affect this fall and it's not just going to affect those upperclassmen. It's going to affect everybody. There's going to be a residual effect of this that, that is going to last for several years. And the the only real hope for mitigating that residual effect is if the spring football season is able to happen 
And I think that's why Ryan Day and Gene Smith are now pushing so hard for that to actually become a possibility. You know, when you talk about spring football, I mean, when Ryan Day is really talking about spring football, Ryan Day is talking about winter football. And I think that, the, you know, the fascinating thing, I don't even know if it's fascinating, but it really was one of my takeaways, and, I, and you made this privately too, and I was actually going to bring it up on the podcast, so I thought it was funny that you mentioned this before I even had the chances. You know, the, Ryan Day's whole press conference, his virtual Zoom on Wednesday, really was a recruiting pitch, and it was to try to keep the optimism and to try to get Ohio State in the right spot. And you saw that in multiple ways. I mean, one, you know, Ryan Day's talking about his own players where he's talking about, you know, how Ohio State had a once-in-a-lifetime team. But but way beyond that, you know, when he's talking about um, why he wants a spring season, why he wants it to begin in January, I mean, it, it's self-serving in, in a way that, you know, I think is understandable in that, you know, Ohio State wants a spring season to, to start in January because it doesn't want people to have to wait until – um, March to play, and then all of a sudden you have a, a, a concern about one safety, and also, you know, whether that season's actually going to be able to happen. And and I think that that's 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 concerning in and of itself. But also, you know, the sooner you can play football, the easier it is to recruit players and to to make them to sell hope essentially. And I think that you're selling hope to both recruits and players on your own team. And I think that that's one of the reasons as well that you know he pounded his fist multiple times, not literally, but but he might as well have because that's what it felt like that the Big Ten has to figure out what its plan is and has to figure out what its plan is within weeks, not months, is what he said. And I think that that's totally reasonable given the fact that they had five months already to figure this out, even though they've talked about their spring plan now for a total of less than 48 hours. Um, but his whole thing was a recruiting pitch as well when he's talking about you know the, the potential of enrolling players early and having them play both in the spring and fall and having that count as, as one year of eligibility. Um, and, and I think that right now he just feels like he's playing from behind. And, and that's sort of what I got from, from the press conference is, you know, he want, he has a vision for what this can be. And, and now, you know, you have to have some sort of a vision for what this can be because otherwise you're going to potentially play no football and then you look around and see other conferences still possibly playing this fall. And I think that he thinks that that will hurt Ohio State demonstrably. And I think that that's potentially correct. But but it's the thing that everybody's dealing with right now where Ryan Day doesn't really know what, what's going to happen. So it's up to him right now to, to try and make something happen. And I think that that's, that's really hard. So right now he's trying to sell hope and sell what he think his vision can be that you know Ohio State could potentially benefit from. Yeah, I mean, that, that point I made to you was not a, a novel idea because Ryan Day is very good at that. Ryan Day is yes. very good at turning a press conference into a recruiting pitch. And, uh, a, you know, especially if it's not, you know, a game week, a lot of the times we talk to him, a lot of times he calls a press conference. It's because he's got a message he wants to get out there, uh, you know, to his recruits, to his players. And we definitely saw that today. I mean, you know, the way he talked when he was asked about, you know, if guys want to go – pro you know and you know and kind of given the recruiting pitch for why they should at least stick around for the fall and you know why guys shouldn't transfer I mean he there was a lot of that in there today but that's what he has to do and and you're right I mean he is uh playing from behind because I because I guarantee every single one of Ohio State commits and probably a lot of players on their roster have have been hearing from coaches 
uh, over the past 24 to 48 hours, uh, telling them about uh, why their conference cares more about football than the Big Ten, and, and why you know they should they should come play uh, at their schools instead of Ohio State. So uh, Ryan Day has to get that message out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, uh, him and his coaches have been working the phones uh, diligently to make sure that, you know, all of their guys are in a good place and that uh, they know, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's been very clear. I mean, you could see it. Uh, like Mark Pantone's had about 100 quote tweets in the past three days, all of which have consisted of about six exclamation point emojis. Um, and, you know, a lot of the coaches, you know, Brian Hartline and, and Tony Alford and, uh, you know, just a lot of different staffers have been to program. have uh, been very vocal on Twitter. I mean, more vocal on Twitter than they ever are because they really want to get that message out there that, hey, you know, we're, we're fighting for our guys. Uh, you know, we, we, we know our guys want to play and, and we have our backs and we're fighting for them. Uh, and they've wanted to make that messaging very clear. And I, and I think it's, you know, and I think it's sincere. I don't, I don't think it's made up. I think, you know, I think, you know, those guys love football too. And those guys work really hard uh, to, to prepare for a season as well. So it's, it's devastating uh, to them as well. And so I, I, I think it's sincere that, you know, they really wanted to try to find a way to save the season for their players. But, you know, now again, you gotta, you gotta move on to the spring and it, and it, it's tough because there's a lot of uncertainty around a spring. I mean, I mean, we saw it. Uh, I think it was about an hour after the Big Ten made announcement. Urban Meyer was on BTN and he was asked about spring football, and he said no chance. I mean, he he he, he didn't even entertain the possibility. Now, I, I'm somewhere in between here uh, with you know Ryan Day's optimism and Urban Meyer's pessimism. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle here. You know, I think I think to rule it out right now. As just a you know an asinine possibility, uh, I don't think that's fair. I mean, this is a this is these are unprecedented times. Uh, I mean, we're we're talking Ohio State has played football every fall for the last 130 years. So if that's not going to happen, then they have to try to find an alternative solution. And a lot has to change, you know, just in terms of a pandemic in the next five months if football is going to be any more feasible in the spring than in the fall. But the Big Ten's got to try. They they have to try because if they don't try then you're, you're absolutely allowing yourself to fall behind other conferences. So if, if you're going to pull the plug now, you, you have to try to make a spring season work. There's a lot of concerns with that. Uh, there's a lot of concerns with you know player safety and having guys uh, play two games in, in one year. I, I think the idea that Ryan Day has makes sense uh, in terms of you know trying to start the season in you know January if, if possible. Uh, trying to you know start that season as early as possible, and you know if it's only an eight-game season or whatever, you know you could be done by March. You know you obviously wouldn't have spring drills like you typically would, so you know you'd have you know that you know five six months recovery time before you'd play in the fall. So I, I don't think it should be ruled out. There's a lot of logistics that go into that. You know and you know there's I know there's been rumblings about you know maybe playing in dome stadiums and such. You know because I, I know how Big Ten weather is January and February. Uh, if, if you're planning on playing outdoors uh, in those months of the year in, in Big Ten country, uh, that could be challenging. Um, but you know, I think you have to try. You have to try to make it work. And you know, like you said, uh, it seems like they've pretty much waited until right now to start having these conversations. But they do need to have these conversations, and they need to have these conversations soon because I, I do. I think as a conference, I think you owe it to the players to 
give them as much direction as possible as soon as possible to allow them to make in, informed decisions. And, and you know, some of those guys, it might not matter. They might be able to make an easy decision regardless. But I, I do think you owe it you know, to them to, to try to give them as much direction as possible as soon as possible, at least if they know what you're trying to do. Uh, so that they can make informed decisions for themselves. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that that people are really talking about the fact openly that the Big Ten has not had these conversations about what a spring season might look like. I mean, I think that's incredible. I mean, it's been five months. I mean, we've had those conversations. Right. <laughs> like, come on. What have you been doing? And I understand, I, and, I, and I get it. Like, things change so quickly that it's sometimes hard to, to have those kind of conversations just because you're learning new things and you're trying to figure things out. But, you know, there came a point in time a, a month or two ago where, you know, it really did seem like a fall season is, would be a lot more daunting than, than maybe people hoped. And how in that period of time they never talked about what a spring season will look like is absolutely just beyond me. Um, but if we're just thinking of what Ryan Day's – um, is, is, is put forth, Dan, which is an eight-week season, an eight- or nine-game season uh, that'll take place over nine or ten weeks that starts the first week of January. Is that reasonable? Is that not reasonable? What are sort of your thoughts on his proposal, which, to be clear, like he's, just, he's the head coach of Ohio State, great job, influential person. He's not going to be the one who's going to be making this decision. This is This is what he's looking for. No idea if this is a consensus opinion or not, but just his perspective, Dan, your thoughts are what? Yeah, I mean, on that point, like you said, it's not his decision, but I think he's smart to get out there right now and make it clear exactly what he thinks should happen because I, I, I and I'll get back to your question in a minute, but just, you know, I, I, I do think you look at what happened the last couple of days and a lot of these coaches uh, speaking up, and I admire it. But it was too late. The decision had already been made by the time these coaches started coming out and saying, uh, don't do this, don't do this. So I think now Ryan Day is looking at this, James Franklin is looking at this and realizing, okay, we need to be aggressive in our messaging now. We need to make it clear what we think the best plans are because if we're going to have any real influence on this, we need to be speaking up right away. So I think he's he's smart to do that, and I think it's very uh, ca- very calculated, just like his recruiting pitch. I think it's very calculated for him to come out and lay out exactly what he thinks the plan should be. You know, in, in terms of you know reasonable, I mean, I think it is because I, because I think again these are unprecedented circumstances, and I think it. it I do think you should try to salvage this season if you can. Do I do I necessarily think it's going to happen? I don't know because, I mean, we, again, we, 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 you know, again, they had five months to try to figure out a fall season, and that couldn't happen. So now you've got five months to try to figure out a spring season. Uh, so, uh, you know, one thing I know is if you're gonna if you're gonna have a chance to make this work, you do need to start working on it now. And, and your strategy cannot be. Let's hope things get better. If, if you're going to make this work, you, you've got to really be aggressive in planning this. You've got to really, you've got to really be willing to, to do some different things. You know, like I said, you know, that could be, you know, going to playing in neutral site domes. You know, setting up bubbles to whatever extent that you can. 
whatever this is going to be, if you're going to do this, you, you, you've got to be aggressive in planning it. You, you can't just hope things are going to get better. Uh, because like I said, I mean, I think even if you take out the pandemic, I think even just, you know, weather, like, you know, you could play football in bad weather, but I, I, I don't think playing, you know, call it a, a full college football season in outdoor stadiums in January and February is the right move here. So I think if you're going to do this, it does need to be, uh, you know, it is going to need to be some kind of, you know, semi-bubble situation or, you know, at least having those, you know, indoor facilities that, you know, you know, you've got, you know, very strict protocol set up that, you know, everybody's and everybody's got to be on board. I mean, I think that's the hard thing too, because I think, you know, the, the reality of situations right now, you've got you've got a few schools in the Big Ten that are really, really motivated to play, and maybe you have some that aren't. You know, and you know, and, and that might not necessarily be a football program; it might just be the administrations. But you've got to get everybody on board with this plan, and and, you, and you've got to really start figuring it out. And, and you can't just hope and pray that things are going to get better because that didn't work this time. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's way too early to say whether it's actually realistic, whether it's actually going to happen. But I do admire trying to make it happen. You know, I, 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 I know there's going to be people, because they're already out there, that are, that are going to just be fundamentally opposed to the idea of a spring season period. Um, because, you know, of player safety concerns and, you know, how it might affect the fall. And, you know, I think those are valid. I think those are valid. And I, and I don't, I think you do have to be careful not to force this so much. If, if, if you're so dead set on this that you potentially, uh, potentially, you know, ruin your next season as well, that might not be the route you want to go. But I think you've got to try because I think the effects of not playing an entire season, you know, especially in, you know, college football where, you know, guys are typically on an eligibility clock and you typically have a way you manage your roster and you run guys through. And then, of course, there's, you know, the whole monetary aspect of this too, which somehow we haven't talked about yet. But, uh, you know, these schools need football games to be played to make money, you know, uh, Fox Sports and all their TV partners would like football games to be played at some point this year that they can televise. And if, if not, then the Big Ten's probably not going to be getting all that TV money that they're supposed to get. So there's a lot of different factors at play here that give the conference incentive to make a spring football season happen. And I think if you can do it in a way that, that creates enough space between when that season would end and when a fall season would start. I don't personally view it as some horrible, you know, player safety thing. There might be players themselves that disagree. And again, I think, you know, that's where guys are going to have to make considerations about, you know, certainly guys who would be going to play in the NFL. I think those guys will have to make considerations about whether playing a spring season is smart for them, you know, and I mean, you know, and who knows? I mean, I think, you know, you, you know, you, you know, who knows? And you have guys who, you know, maybe aren't thinking about leaving, but then they play in the spring and then, you know, they end up in the NFL. Maybe you have guys who aren't even in the, aren't even NFL draft eligible yet. Maybe they have a good spring season and they decide not to play next fall. Who knows? There's going to be a whole ripple effect to this entire thing, but I think you got to try. 
Yeah, I hope that I hope that in the past I've I've been pretty consistent on. I think you can try the spring uh, because that has been my opinion, and, and I and I and then you know I stick to it. I will say, I think January sounds a lot better than like a March start, and I don't know how realistic everything is. I don't know if I don't know which is more realistic. If I'm being honest, I mean like like we've talked about. The Big Ten's been discussing this for like 48 hours. <laughs> like they don't know what's more realistic either. So we're all just we're all just throwing stuff up in the air and, and hoping that maybe we maybe we hit something. Um, but I, I I do think January is fascinating because if you do start in March end in somewhere around May or something, I'm I I do start to agree with the people who say how do you play two seasons in one year? I don't really understand that. And there's no chance that anybody who wants to play in the NFL in 2021 would play in a season that starts in March and, and goes to May. I mean, that's just not feasible. But if you start it in January, keep it short enough, I'm not ruling that out. I mean, I, I do think it's possible. I don't think so. I, I still don't think someone like Justin Fields or Sean Wade would play. But I certainly think it's possible for, for, for the Big Ten to, to figure this thing out. I think, one, it'll be interesting if – if the other conferences cancel soon enough and, and everybody can sort of align on when they're going to try this for a second time or if everybody's still going to be just trying whatever they can by themselves and given everything that's happened, I think that that's the fair bet and no one will be able to get on the same page if I'm being honest. But I think the Big Ten can pull this off somehow, some way, even though given the fact that they had five months and didn't pull off the fall I'm not really sure where this optimism is coming from, but I but I legitimately do think it's possible, and I think that that hearing Ryan Day and Gene Smith decide to go all in on this so quickly, even after they were doing, you know, they they were mentioning the possibility of 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 playing in the fall somehow, some way, the fact that they're going into this thing and and going full bore into spring, I think it's I think it's conceivable. Um, and right now, I'll be honest, like, I think literally anything's possible. Like, that's what 2020's taught me, is to never rule anything out ever again. So, yeah, I get the obstacles of playing in the spring. I fully understand it. I think Ohio State might be hurt by playing in the spring, even if he started in January, perhaps more than any other, any other team in the country. But I still think you try it. Yeah, I think it's hard, and I imagine a lot of our listeners kind of feel the same way right now, too, is like, if they keep moving toward this spring thing, like, are we gonna, are we about to repeat for the next five months what we just did for the last five months? Are yeah. we about to build up and build up and hope and hope and hope this is gonna work and just to have it snatched out away from us again? I think that's the fear a lot of people have. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's probably healthy for all of us to go into this with a, a good degree of skepticism. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily healthy for any of us to get our hopes up uh, about this because uh, it is an unprecedented thing. It's not something that's been done before uh, and it's going to be a challenge uh, but it does give us some it does give us some hope. You know, it does it, it, it does feel better to say that, hey, there's a chance Ohio State's going to play in the next you know, eight months or whatever than a full year away. Uh, so we'll see if it actually happens, uh, but you know, I you know, I do think it makes sense to try, and you know, I do. I think it's the big thing is, like we both said, is I think you just got you got to you got to go full bore into it now. You've got to get everybody on board with it, and, and, and you've got to really start working toward it now because I think 
you know, I think with this pat, with this trying to play for this fall, I think the first few months were kind of hope and hope things get better and kind of, you know, wait to discuss certain things until you really had to. And, you know, and, and now that, you know, all of that hope is lost, you know the spring's going to be different. So just, so just start going at it. Just start really thinking about what are the most realistic ways we can make this possible. And I, I do think, I do think, the first week of January, as Ryan Day suggested, might be a bit ambitious. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I think, you know, trying to start a, a season like right at the new year uh, might be challenging. I think, you know, if it's going to happen, I think, you know, late January or early February might be more realistic. Uh, but I, but I, but I do, I do think that if you're going to do it, you, you, you can't be starting it in the middle of March. I think if you're going to do it, you, you got to start it earlier. Uh, you know, I mean, not even just, like, for one, you've got the fact of guys are, you know, you got to get ready for that next season. But also, by that point, it's going to have been a full year since any of these guys have played in an actual football game. So I think certainly the sooner the better. And I think the way Ryan Day is looking at it is, okay, if we've, if we've made the decision we're not playing, you know, before January, then let's try to start as soon as we possibly can in January. I think, you know, later January, early February might be more realistic if this is actually going to happen, but I do think it makes sense to target uh, the earliest return possible uh, that you haven't already ruled out. Dan, I want you to make an information list prediction. Sitting here right now, let's say that there's actually a spring season played. When do you think it will start? I'll say the first week of February. Okay, I was I was gonna go third week of January, but I think we're both sort of on the same page of splitting the difference between what Ryan Day said and going all the way until March. And I think yes. that you know, it, it once you get past the first week of February, I think my skepticism really picks up. And I think even if you're starting it in February. I'm already a little bit skeptical, if I'm being honest. Um, I think a January start date, the, the earlier you can in January, makes sense to me. Um, but who knows, man? I mean, really, who knows? I mean, they had five months to figure out a way to play in the fall. And they had, they, they still, at the end of the day, Ryan Day said, they didn't have uniformity on, on testing and travel and, and all of these things that you think are so important. Um, they hadn't had those figured out, and it took, they had five months. So I'm not sure why we should feel confident in our predictions today, but if they're going to do this, I think it has to be earlier than later, like, like Ryan Day said. And also, like from a selfish perspective, from, from Ryan Day's perspective, yeah, earlier would help. Um, and it would also help recruit, which is, I think, maybe you know one of the most interesting things that came out of the press conference that, that, that might totally be fantasy, which is he wanted to – he wants early enrollees to be able to play in the spring and then the fall and have that count as only one year of eligibility, which I'll be honest, like I would be pretty surprised if that actually happened. But do you think anybody could even contribute, Dan – that, that, that Ohio State is either targeting or, or has on its roster? Or do you think that this is more of of a recruiting ploy, which I'll be honest, like it's a pretty good pitch to make to, 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 a, to a 17 or 18-year-old recruit. Yeah, I think for two guys I wouldn't rule out would be Jack Sawyer and Travion Henderson 
as I mean, I think Jack Sawyer's special. I mean, he's a guy who's already talked about uh, his desire to come in and, and you know compete to play right away. Um, you know, he's very talented, and you know they just lost Chase Young. They got uh, they're they're going to need guys to step up that defensive end spot. So I I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, we know the running back situation uh, is you know still a bit up in the air. Uh, and Travion Henderson is a really, really talented running back, and we already know he's not going to play this fall uh, in Virginia. So, uh, you know, running back, and we, you know, we saw it with J.K. Dobbs a few years ago. That, that's usually a position compared to most others where guys have a chance to contribute earlier in their career. Um, so I wouldn't put it past them, but I think for the most part, if you're talking about a guy coming fresh out of high school and playing in January... I mean, you talk about like a, a Donovan Jackson, for example, very talented offensive lineman, but an offensive lineman isn't coming straight out of high school with no time in a college strength and conditioning program and, and, and playing right away. I mean, even a Kyle McCord uh, quarterback. I mean, I don't, I don't. You're not going to come in as a, a quarterback stretch out of high school, uh, even even if Justin Fields is gone and you're competing against C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller. Uh, you're not going to come in as a quarterback straight out of high school and, and be and be able to play in the spring. So uh, I think it's absolutely a recruiting pitch more than anything else. Uh, I mean, you rule. I don't think you can rule it out, uh, but I think a lot has to be figured out there. Um, you know, I I do think it would make sense to allow it because of the fact that these teams are probably going to lose guys. Uh, you know, because you're going to have guys who probably opt out of that spring season. Uh, I think it would make sense to allow it because your numbers are probably going to be down. Uh, the idea of you know it not counting as a as a year for those guys I, that I'm not sure about uh, because if it's going to count as a year for everybody else, you know why wouldn't it count for them? But that's tough because. You're going to have guys who aren't ready to play, and you wouldn't want it to count as a year for them. So I think that's a really complex conversation. But I think uh, that needs to be that needs to be figured out. I mean, there, there's going to be exception. No matter what happens this year, there's going to be some exceptions made from an eligibility standpoint uh, to try to uh, accommodate for what happened this fall. So uh, it has the potential to get a little weird. But I, I do think, for the most part, you know, that uh, it, it's a good recruiting pitch. Uh, maybe a couple of those five stars could come in and have a chance to contribute, but I, I don't think it's all that realistic, especially if you're talking about starting a season in January. Yeah, I think Travion Henderson is, is probably the guy who comes to mind for most people. And like you said, it's the J.K. Dobbins thing. When J.K. Dobbins was a freshman, he was awesome. And who knows, maybe Travion Henderson could do that, even though it would be earlier than, than anybody um, would ever have expected Travion Henderson to play for Ohio State. Jack Sawyer. He would, if he if that actually happened, I think he would probably play, but he would probably play in blowouts. I, I just don't see him playing a ton. I think Emeka Ibuka would be fascinating if Ohio State landed him and, and he enrolled early. And I don't know what his plans are, but if that were to happen, you know, he is someone who's already physically built. And I think when you look at what Ohio State's turned over at wide receiver, that would be fascinating. Um, someone like Jordan Hancock, I could I could see potentially playing, you know, late in games and, and potentially later in a season earning and earning some sort of role, but all of this is fantasy because I don't know if one, this is going to be allowed or two, Ohio State would even want those guys on the field at all. I mean, in this scenario, it, it, the one that Ryan Day wants, 
you know, Ohio State would presumably spend all of December in, in preseason camp. I was about to call it fall camp. Then I realized that's not true. Um, <laughs> winter camp, more like It's it. going to go from a fall camp that actually happens in the summer to a fall camp that actually happens... Well, actually, it would happen in the fall because winter doesn't technically start until late December, but summer camp to winter camp. Look at that. Me calling it fall camp will actually be correct once in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that Ohio State would want to throw guys in. I mean, I, like the guy who I, you know, you mentioned him. Listen, this thing's crazy. We can we can play the hypothetical game. If this spring season happens and Kyle McCord can even be on the sidelines for these games, maybe not even playing, and and practicing with Ohio State and going through the season, all of a sudden, like. I don't know if he's on equal footing with C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, but he's way closer to that than, than we could have imagined. I think that that makes the 2021 um, quarterback race even more fascinating. And, of course, that's that's presuming C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller wouldn't be a starter in the spring, which, you know, I think maybe is more likely than not. And I think that that's, you know, we, we can have all these discussions down the line, but there are just so many what-ifs that, you know, are, are fascinating to play even if, you know, we have zero answers right now, which makes it makes it so difficult. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, I mean, at least in that quarterback conversation, we at least know this. By the time Ohio, because uh, Kyle McCord, I, I know, I believe his plan is to enroll early. So by the time Ohio State plays its next game, Kyle McCord is going to be on campus. So uh, that is absolutely a changing variable in in the future of that quarterback room, whether he'd play in the spring or not. Just the fact that those guys are not... I mean, remember when we were debating whether Ohio State should redshirt C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller this year? That seems like a, a quaint conversation now <laughs> to be worried about stuff like that because yeah. the whole dynamic has just been flipped on its absolute head now. But, yeah, it, 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 there's going to be so many different variables that are thrown in to, to this, you know, based on you know not only the fact that you know, you're, you're probably going to lose some guys you expected to have on your team before you'd play this spring season, but then you're also going to have these guys at camp. I mean, even even if it's ruled they can't play, they'd still be on campus. They could still be there with the team and practicing. So just in that regard, you know, that's why uh, Travion Henderson sees you tweet about this, and he's quote-tweeting you and saying, very interesting, because Travion Henderson's looking at it and going, I already thought I was going to come in and play early. Now I might even get a chance to play even earlier than I expected. I could, you know, really get a head start more than I expected. So I think it is a it is a good recruiting pitch. I mean, if 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 if, if you can make it happen, or at least convince guys that you're going to make it happen, it is a good recruiting pitch because uh, you know you you're trying to talk to guys who uh, are now going to have to sign with Ohio State, if they want to enroll early, they're going to have to sign before Ohio State plays another game. They're most likely going to have to sign without being able... I mean, Travion Henderson, he is most likely going to sign with Ohio State without ever, ever having visited Ohio State. Uh, Unless this dead period ends, uh, and and even then, I I have no idea, you know, how visits would even work uh, because Ohio State's not going to be playing games. So, you know, if you're trying to convince guys uh, to to sign with you in December when you aren't going to be playing any games this fall, any any uh, incentive that you can add to your recruiting pitch is going to help you. 
Dan, do you want to talk about three things we think? Um, and I know this is the segment we do every week, and I think that it's you know it's it's damn near impossible to do right now because I feel like everything that we've thought about in the past week we've talked about. <laughs> but I, I still think we probably have three things that that we haven't hit on. Do you do you have three things prepped? I don't know what I haven't prepped, but I mean I have a lot of thoughts in my head, so I'm All sure right. that well, you, uh, things uh, will come you have to a me. lot. You you start us off. What's one thought that that you've had? over the past week and, and presumably probably over the past 48 hours yeah. well this one actually started uh, probably like 72 hours ago but I mean I, I talked last week about how this thing is going to change college football forever and you know I think one evidence of that is what we saw on basically midnight on Monday if I have the days correct where you said Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence come together, and a lot of the top players in college football come together and post a graphic. If if a ha- two hashtags, hashtag We Are United, hashtag We Want to Play, and you know obviously it didn't work out in terms of saving the Big Ten or a Pac-12 season, but I think just the fact that they did that, the fact that the two most prominent players in college football. Two guys who could just forget about college football right now and, and, and get ready for the NFL draft, and they're going to be top picks no matter what. Guys who don't have to be worried about fighting for the rights of college football players are putting themselves on the front lines like that. I think that's huge. I, I think that's powerful. And, you know, I, I know there's some people, you know, who, who think – you know, just they just look at the timeline of it and they think, you know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten shut down after these labor movements started. You know, is that a reason why they're canceling the seasons? And ultimately, I I, I really don't think that's the primary consideration here. I'm I'm not going to rule it out because we know how college athletics work, but I, I really don't think that's a primary consideration here. But I would say that if it was, I think that would have been a miscalculation because I think now that you've got a bunch of pissed off Big Ten and Pac-12 football players that they're not playing this fall and they're going to have a lot more free time on their hands than they thought they were going to have over the next five months. I think that's just going to increase the conversations between all these guys about trying to start a movement, trying to start a players association, trying to fight for their rights. And I think that door has been cracked wide open. And I think we're just going to see more and more of it. And And I think... You know, when, when you know you hear a guy like Jonathan Cooper go on ESPN on Wednesday and talk about how, you know, we didn't have a voice in the room when the decision was made to cancel our season. And I think a lot of fo- college football players feel that way right now. And I think, you know, this whole thing has, has really shined an even bigger light on amateurism or the facade of amateurism in college football. And I think college football players now are going to feel more emboldened than ever to really challenge the system and and to really try to work together to increase their rights as college football players and to and to have a voice in, in, in these conversations so i don't know exactly how it's going to play out i do think there's real movement in that regard and i think the fact that this fall season was canceled for you know at least two of these conferences i think that's only going to accelerate that movement any even more 
uh, of players realizing that they need a seat at the negotiating table and, and to really challenge the NCAA system to give them that voice. Yeah, I think that's all reasonable, and I, and you know that's one of those things that you know there will be a million unintended consequences, and I think that that could be one. And I think it's hard to sit here and know exactly what it'll look like, but I think it is fair to say it'll be different. And you know the NCAA is already moving in that direction, and I think that this probably only accelerates it. But my first thing that that I've been thinking about is, do you remember back when Ohio State had all that energy on Clemson? <laughs> What happens with all that? I mean, I think it's, you know, it it seemed like this was going to be the revenge tour of Ohio State almost, where Ohio State goes through its regular season and they have an idea of of what they want. And what they want is they want Clemson at the end. They want to get redemption. And you have um, that game that I think if one of ten things had gone Ohio State's way, I think Ohio State probably would have played for a national championship. And unfortunately for them they didn't really get that opportunity and you know they there was a story i remember back in january of them putting the 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 score of the game in the woody hayes athletic center weight room and that was going to be the story of the offseason we thought that we were going to hit on that for the next eight months and instead we hit on that for about a month or two and all of a sudden the world crashed and ended but you know that's that's an unfortunate casualty of this all um and obviously there's so many more important things in this world that have gone on over the past six months than football and, and Ohio State getting revenge on Clemson. But we're an Ohio State podcast. We're going to talk about Ohio State. And from an Ohio State perspective, it is unfortunate, in my opinion, and I think in everybody's opinion, that that's lost because you know that had potential to be an unbelievable rematch. And who knows? Maybe it happens in the spring. But even if it does, I mean, what will that look like? So... It might be C.J. Stroud versus. I'm not even gonna try. Oh, uh, I was. The name. I wanted you to try it. I wanted you. To I, try I, it. I just don't. I don't remember it off the DJ top of my head. DJ Ugalele. We'll go with that. DJ Ugalele. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what it could be. That's what it could be if it's a spring season. Uh, but yeah, I mean I I had thought about that too. Just how, you know we you know I think there was so much. Uh, I think there were so many people who wanted to see that rematch this year, and mm-hmm. I mean, you think about how you think about how heartbroken Ohio State players were last year. You think about how hard it was for them to watch that game against LSU last year, LSU versus Clemson, knowing that they could have been there. How hard is it going to be if they have to watch a national championship game with Clemson playing somebody else this year, and they didn't even have a fall season? I don't know if we're going to get to that point, but if if we do. That'd be a real, real hard pill to swallow if you're Ohio State. It it would. Dan, what's the second thing that you've been thinking? This probably won't be a popular opinion because I've had a lot of Ohio State fans say, or heard them say in the past 24 hours, that Gene Smith should be fired and Ohio State didn't fight hard enough to, to, to save its season. But... I really don't think <laughs> the the idea of of leaving the Big Ten ha- is realistic at all, uh, and I I don't think it it, it would have made any real sense, uh, despite you know what so many people want, despite what even Ryan Day wanted. I, I think when you really look at the big picture of it all, 
this idea of just leaving the Big Ten and going trying to play independent or trying to join another conference to try to salvage a season that might not be salvageable is honestly pretty ridiculous. I mean, it. it I get it because you've got this great team, and I get it because you know I think even just the whole reaction to it shines a light on the fact of how Ohio State's no longer, you know, obviously competing against Michigan's really important, competing against Penn State's important, but Ohio State views itself as a national program. And that's why you have so many players who are on board with this idea of let's go play in the SEC for a year because they're not, they view themselves as a national program. They view themselves as competing for national titles. So I totally get where the sentiment comes from. But I don't think it was ever realistic. Uh, and, and I think it would be somewhat foolish with all the uncertainty right now of whether other conferences are even going to play to, you know, jeopardize your relationship with the Big Ten uh, for to play a season in a pandemic. Because eventually, you know, everyone's going to be playing football again. And I don't deny that this might set back the Big Ten, but that's still the home of Ohio State. It's still the logical home of Ohio State. It's still the conference that made the most money last year. And so, long term, I think Ohio State wants to be in the Big Ten. And, you know, I, I and I do, I, I do think that I think this situation will embolden Ohio State to wield its power in the Big Ten a little more, and it, and it should. It should because you are the banner carrier for the Big Ten, so you, you should wield your power. You should, uh, you know, voice your opinions uh, within the conference and and not get you know bossed around by you know Rutgers or Maryland. And and so I, I think you should do that. But I think to just leave the conference uh, just to, over this decision to try to play this fall when we don't even know if teams even realistically are going to be able to play this fall uh i don't really think that was ever realistic and i and i don't i i do not blame gene smith for not being aggressive enough in pursuing that option yeah part of me wonders if the the quick change from from ryan day you know saying that things are fluid and and maybe they'll look into to playing this fall to five hours later gene smith saying it's not a possibility if there's an understanding that the other conferences might not play, or, or what led to that? I, I mean, personally, I don't even think other con- the other three major conferences who haven't canceled yet will will play. And like I said earlier, it's 2020. Who knows what will happen? Um, maybe they could, but but that's that's sort of where I am right now. So I think it'll be fascinating to see what they do. And obviously, there will be an entire fall to second guess their decision if those conferences do go forward and play. But my second thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, Chris Olave, you know, I remember him sitting in the locker room after the Fiesta Bowl and having 25 people asking him questions about, you know, why he ran the wrong route and why he turned the way he did leading to the interception that it seemed like, you know, if, if, he, if he had turned the right way, it could have been a touchdown. Said it was a game-ending interception. And, you know, this seemed like, even for a soft-spoken guy like Chris Olave, it seemed like this year it was going to build to him having a breakout and him going back and proving that you know what he says is he wants to be the best wide receiver in college football. 
and I legitimately think he had a shot at that. And I don't think people think of him that way, um, but he's super talented. He's got a got a great frame for a wide receiver. He developed early chemistry with Justin Fields, and I think a, a second season with Justin Fields would have been special. And now I don't even know if we're going to see him in Ohio State uniform anymore. So, you know, I've I've thought about him when, when we ran through all those players area earlier. He's 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 someone who was who was top of mind. You know, when I was thinking initially about you know all the guys who are going to be, you know, having to make decisions and are, and are hurting right now about you know the decisions that were that were just made. Yeah, I mean, it's wild because like. I, I mean, I just remember thinking back in, like, January of, like, thinking ahead to the spring and, like, how whenever we get Chris Olave for interviews the first time about how everybody's going to write that redemption Chris La- Olave story. It just never happened. We, we haven't talked to him. We, we haven't talked to Chris Olave. The last time I talked to Chris Olave was in the locker room after that devastating moment in his life. And now there's a chance he never plays another f- football game at Ohio State. I mean, it's just... It's just so crazy how, how this is all unfolded. And, you know, I mean, he's a guy that I think, you know, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who might look at, you know, Justin Fields and Sean Wade and say they have an easy decision. You know, Chris Olave's a guy, I don't know if his decision's as easy. I think he's a guy who, who, who probably has a little bit more to weigh here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think if his career ended on that note, that would be a, a real shame for him. What's the third thing you've been thinking about? As you said, you know, before the other conferences, I mean, I have my certain doubts about whether this is actually going to happen. But I have been thinking about how wild it is that we are now staring at the possibility that Ohio high schools could be playing football in a few weeks, but Ohio State won't be. Uh, again, I don't necessarily know if the high school season is actually going to happen, but uh, they they are as of now planning to play the final week of August. Uh, and you know when we talk about you know the the whole you know early enrollee deal, I mean you could have if they play, I mean you could have guys like Jack Sawyer coming in after playing a high school football season, and then theoretically maybe even having the chance to play college football right after, which again, I think if you're going to start talking player safety and stuff, maybe that's a reason to, to question the whole early enrollee thing at all. But that's just a little wild to me. I think you know Tony Alford illustrated it in a tweet on Tuesday after the decision came where he put up a tweet and said, well, I guess I'll go watch my son practice now because his son is a high school football player. And that's just kind of wild to think about that – you have high schools around the state that are still practicing right now and still expecting to play games in two or three weeks, but we already know that Ohio State's not going to play this fall. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about having gone to the AAU tournaments, and then we talk about whether college football is going to happen, and now knowing that it's not, the juxtaposition is just so obvious. I think it'll be fascinating if we get a chance to go to high school football games this fall, what it'll even be like. Um, because those will be the only football games that we'd even be able to be at live. Um, but the third thing I've been thinking about, probably out of left field for a lot of people, um, going to the basketball realm, and you know nothing has been decided yet, but I fully expect that, that the basketball season will get pushed back until at least January, and thus you know, Ohio State 
we'll have a, a little bit longer time and a little bit longer lead up to the season. And I'll be honest, like I sort of think that would help Ohio State. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent of that opinion, but I would be lying if I wasn't thinking it. And 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 just sort of my thought process is they have a lot of guys coming off injury. Um, I I know Seth Towns is going to be really important to them, and. You know, he's someone who hasn't even played in, in two and a half years already. Um, and, and, yeah, maybe you want to get him game action quicker. But I, you know, he said he was going to be ready for the season. I'm still not 100% sure that if the season actually starts in, you know, November that he would actually be able to. Um, Justice Suing is also still recovering from his injury. Um, Musa Jallo had an injury, an ankle injury that kept him out the, the entire year last year and forced him to redshirt. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for the basketball team to get their season pushed back. I will say this. If the basketball season runs at the same time as the football season, that would be a problem for Ohio State because Ohio State basketball, I love covering them. Uh, the coverage and the fans um, might be lacking a little bit if football is going on at the same time. So, you know, yes, in one respect, I, I think maybe it helps them a little bit. But from a fan point of view, from from an eyeballs point of view, it would not be the greatest thing in the world to have that run at the same time as the football season if, if that were to happen. Yeah, if Ohio State football and basketball are both playing from January to March, uh, Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch is going to have Ohio State basketball be all to himself because <laughs> yes. I think he's I think he's the only uh, full time person on the Ohio State basketball beat who, who doesn't uh, also cover football. So uh, yeah, that that will, uh, that would be weird. I mean, I, I I that was actually like my fourth thing. If you stole one of mine, was to bring up that point of how we could see football and basketball at the same time because I was just curious to get your thoughts on it as somebody who you know for me like I don't cover basketball that much so it wouldn't like affect me that much but I was thinking about it like from your perspective like how weird that would be if like the you know I I, I already know how weird it is like when non-conference games start in November and December and you're like balancing basketball and football but to be doing like the entire seasons both at the same time be really weird like you said uh from an Ohio State basketball standpoint in terms of uh, attention, in terms of coverage, uh, it would not be good for them because uh, people would not be focused on basketball at that point. Yeah, you just gave me a nightmare, which is covering an entire basketball season and an entire football season at the exact same time. And I, I'm i going to have to take deep breaths before I think about that some more. But, but you know what? I, I think it, if we could get lucky enough <laughs> to have both Ohio State yeah, no. basketball and football this spring, yeah. we should be happy. We should appreciate the hell out of it because yes. we are about to have five more months at least without Ohio State football. So I, I think we should be happy with whatever we get this year. Listen, uh, I, I would be happy, but in life you have to be selfish sometimes. And if I didn't have my life flash in front of my eyes and think that I would get three hours of sleep for four straight months... I would be lying to you. <laughs> but, like you said, listen, we cover sports for a living. We can do this. I this is I, I would take that in a heartbeat, so settle down, people. It would be it would be it would be it would be fun. It would be it would be very interesting. Yeah, and like like you real. said, I think like you said, I think at this point, uh we should not be expecting a normal basketball season either. I think I think like you said, I think most likely 
I think most likely we would be looking at a basketball season that starts in January with conference games only. And I think they're also going to have to look at you know bubble-type options as well. Uh, I think they're going to have to look at uh, you know, I think the NCAA does too in terms of the NCAA tournament. I think they've got to look at uh, different ways of staging a tournament if they want to make that happen this year. Uh, so I think uh, we haven't really gotten to that point yet, but we probably will soon now that we know football is not happening. Is uh, Yeah, I mean, basketball season could absolutely be affected by all this too. And uh, I would hope that they've, they've been planning. I, I hope, I would hope. I don't think it's been covered nearly as much because football is is king at Ohio State, but I, I would hope that they've been preparing for the possibilities as well because uh, I, I have a feeling that their season is going to be affected in some way as well. Yeah, I mean, I was told months ago that from an Ohio State point of view, it seemed like the most likely option was they would play beginning in, in January, but who knows, man? Who knows? We got some. We, we have some questions. Um, I know we we've touched on a few of them so far, but you know we can hit on some. So one was first ones from Beat TTUN Team Up North. Uh, if there is a spring season, is there a possibility, Dan, that the game at Oregon could potentially be played? No, the, the Ohio State at Oregon game uh, that's not going to happen. I think I think a spring season would uh, certainly be conference only i think the one the, the one option i would leave out there would be with the big 10 and the pac 12 both moving to the spring if they can pull this off you would think the rose bowl would still want to have a game uh between their two pr- traditional conferences uh so i would be curious to see if they could make that work if there's not a traditional cfp uh, could we see a Big Ten champion versus Pac-12 champion in the Rose Bowl? And if I was going to predict the two teams to be in that game, I would predict Ohio State and Oregon. So I, I think there's a chance, I think there's a slim chance that an Ohio State-Oregon game happens this year, but it won't be played at Autzen Stadium. Yep, very much agree. Second question from Buckeye Chief. What is the point of the NCAA if they're apparently letting conferences seemingly run amok with no oversight, Dan? I mean, we, we might, some point in the next five months, we might just have to do a whole podcast on what is the point of the NCAA, because I, I, think, I think this whole situation has really exposed the limited power of the NCAA. It, it's, it's a, yeah, and specifically with football. I think, yes, I think that's correct. where the limit in power is, is specifically. Correct, but I also think that if, if the conferences wanted to upend the system because of football, it could upend the entire system too. Uh, so it's absolutely, you know, in terms of like basketball, because of the NCAA tournament, there's absolutely a lot more oversight there than there is with football. But yeah, I mean, I, I think one criticism that's 100% fair is just a, a total lack of leadership from the NCAA's part in, in, in this entire situation because seemingly the NCAA has made no effort to bring the Power Five conferences together, they've just kind of, they've just kind of said it's not our deal, and they've just kind of let these conferences fight it out for themselves and allow chaos to ensue. Uh, but I think that that really exposes uh, the fact that the NCAA does not have power over it, the most prominent college sport. Uh, and I and I and again, like I keep saying, uh, I think this year is going to change college sports forever. 
I think this is going to make all of these Power 5 conferences take a real hard look at their relationship with the NCAA and, and you know, how, how much things might still need to change forever. Well, I got Chief had a follow-up, which is if the Power 3 play, which is talking about the ACC, SEC, and uh, Big 12, what would you foresee the long-term ramifications being for both Ohio State and the Big Ten? Is this a death sentence? And do Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Michigan need a breakaway and join another conference? And, like, I will say, yeah, I think there would be ramifications. But, like, we, we can all rein it in for a sec. It's not yeah. a death sentence. Ohio State is Ohio State. Ohio State is a giant. And one year, one fall without football or putting football in the spring, yeah, this isn't a death sentence. This isn't all going all of a sudden going to become SMU. So I think there, are, I, I do think that there are a lot of, you know, fans who you know reasonably are upset, but understand that Ohio State is going to stay Ohio State. And and yes, if you if you want to have concerns that recruiting could be hurt for a cycle or two, and all of a sudden that that might put you at a little bit of a disadvantage when you're comparing yourself to the Clemson, Alabamas of the world. Yeah, if if other schools play this fall, you can have that concern. But we can all rein it in for a sec. Like everything's going to be okay in the long term, I think. And and yes, there there will be ramifications in terms of you know monetary things and and how many sports Ohio State has. But when you're talking about this, I presume you're talking about this from a football perspective, and the football program will be fine in the long term. Yeah, let I me mean, let's not forget what happened in in 2011 where uh, there was the whole you know, quote unquote tattoo gate scandal and Ohio State went 6-7 and seven, and it seemed like they had taken an enormous step back as a program and then the next year they went 12-0 and 0. so Ohio State is Ohio State uh, it's certainly not a death sentence for Ohio State Ohio, Ohio State is going to recover from this Everybody's going to be affected in some way this year. I mean, I mean, again, do those conferences play? Maybe. Is this going to be a normal year for Alabama and Clemson with no ramifications from the coronavirus? No. I mean, every, everybody's going to be affected in some way. So, yes, if, if those conferences play and the Big Ten doesn't, it, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the Big Ten. It's going to hurt Ohio State. But... They'll be able to recover. They'll be able to recover. Um, you know, and again, like, you know, again, like, let's say those schools. I mean, I, I would say this if we're going to talk about, you know, that possibility of, of playing uh, in the spring. I will say this. If those other conferences play in the fall, I think that inc- significantly increases the likelihood that the Big Ten will play in the spring. Because if they see that those other conferences can do it in the fall, I think they'll be able to figure out that they can do it in the spring. And they're certainly going to want to have some form of a season if the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 do. And if you're wrong, then maybe we'll just be covering SMU 2.0 and (laughs) and it will be okay. But another question uh, from from BTTUN. Do we care how upset not our rival fans will be if Temple is allowed to play football this fall? And I'll be honest, Dan, it took me a moment to figure out what not our rival was until I remembered, oh, yeah, that's that's what Ohio State fans sometimes refer to as Penn State. Yeah, I think he had another question in there, too. It was like, do you, do we care how upset 
or like how upset are we allowed to be if Cincinnati plays Fistfall or whatever? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I care how upset Penn State fans will be if if Temple plays. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll say this: if if you're upset, then maybe they are your rival. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, reasonably, I I think uh, any college football team or its fans that are not playing is going to be upset if other teams are playing this fall. I think reasonably, understandably so. And again, I think that points right back to the uh, division between these conferences and the fact that you know there is no unified uh, structure within college football. Um, but uh, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. You know, the Big Ten has made its bed, so... <laughs> If if our conferences have to play, then uh, I don't know. I mean, at least I mean, to me, there's like there's a positive and a negative element. Like the negative is if if other schools play, you're gonna be you're gonna be thinking all year long about Ohio State should be playing. But the positive element is at least there'll be some college football to watch, and you know maybe you you adopt a team uh, for the fall, and then you get maybe you get more college football in the spring. Uh, we have to try to see the glass half full here because <laughs> it's been a hard year. So we have to try to see the glass half full wherever we can. Next question from Graham Camp asks, do you think that the, fe- the on-the-fence players will lean to the NFL or back to college? And he mentions three. And in, in, in all honesty, like we could just go through the entire roster because I think there are a lot of guys who are on the fence. But let's just go through his three. Yeah. And we can do it one by one. Um and I know this is hard, so we can use two scenarios. I mean, one, if they play the spring, would they play in the spring or not? And two, if there's no spring, would they go to the draft? Or do you think they would come back to Ohio State? Um, and, and the first one's Chris Olave, who, I'll be honest, he might be the hardest guy to, 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 to pinpoint, like you, were, like you were saying earlier, Dan. What, what, what is your sort of – what is your take? Yeah, that one's hard. And I think, like, he's one that, like, I might have a better idea once I see what some other guys do because – you know, my, my feeling is, you know, again, I could be wrong, but my feeling is, like, he's not going to be the first one to jump. Like, my feeling is Justin Fields or Sean Wade is going to be the first one to jump. And if those guys jump, then I think, then if you're Chris Olave, if you're Wyatt Davis, you know, like, let's say you're Chris Olave, okay. You, who would you, what would you, what scenario would you rather have? Would you rather have Justin Fields throwing you to football this year? Or would you rather have Gunnar Hoke or an unproven freshman throwing you to ball this year? I would be much more inclined to play if I'm Chris Olave if Justin Fields throw me the ball. So if Justin Fields leaves at that point, I, I, I'd probably be seriously thinking about going to the NFL. Uh, I still think this one's going to be a tough decision for him. Um, I, I do because I because I think he's a guy to me that I think he's probably right on that first round bubble. Um, and I think you know a, a big season this year. You know he could have really made himself a first round pick. Without, you know, maybe he's a second rounder. I don't know. Uh, so I think he's one of those guys who's going to have a tough decision to make. But I, you know, I think the good thing for a guy like him in this situation is you don't have that usual pressure of time. You know, because usually these guys have to make this decision within, you know, two weeks of their last game. Y- you have time here. You don't have to make this decision right now. I mean, you you could come back go through the entire fall semester and then decide, you know what, I'm just ready to go 
go go go pro now and not play even if it's a spring season. So I think he's a guy that you know maybe should take his time uh, and, and think about this. Uh, but my my feeling would be you know if 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 Justin Fields and Sean Wade start that wave that he's probably got reason to think about going to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sort of the you made some of the points that I think I would too, including the quarterback point. And you know, he's someone who I think. You know his legacy is cemented at Ohio State even without that drop, or even even with that even with that miscue at the at the end of the Fiesta Bowl um, being the thing that I think a lot of people remember most recently. I mean, everybody remembers what he did against Michigan and in his breakout game as a true freshman. I, I think it would. I think knowing what he's done in the past, even beyond that, you know. I, I do think he's done enough at Ohio State that you know, he can he can look toward the NFL and not think about this about about that miscue so much that that single-handedly makes him go back to Ohio State and want to prove people wrong and want to prove what what he is as a player. So I, I do think whether they play in the spring or you know we're talking about if he goes to the draft after this year um, or decides to, to play one more year at Ohio State, my prediction right now would be that he doesn't play again for for Ohio State. The Nets guy is is a lot. Um, he's he's a lot different. He's a lot more different than Chris Olave, and that's Jonathan Cooper. And and Jonathan Cooper's fascinating to me because I feel like generally Ohio State fans have a really positive vibe about what they think about Jonathan Cooper, and it makes sense. Like he's someone who Ohio State puts out there front and center as a leader. He was a team captain this season, even though he played four games. When he came back at the end of the season to play one game, he could have played in the playoff, could have played in the Big Ten title game. He chose to play against Michigan, and people let. I think I think people at Columbus really respect him and what he is. But if we're being honest, Jonathan Cooper's never had more than two and a half sacks in a season, and the idea of Jonathan Cooper potentially either sitting out the spring, or if there's no spring season. Just going to the draft and not coming back for for a final season at Ohio State, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that makes him as an NFL draft prospect, and and I'm honestly not sure if he would get selected. So, just just because of that, uh, I think that my prediction would be he plays one more year at Ohio State to prove to prove who he is and, and what he can be in the NFL. Yeah, I think certainly if there's a spring season, I would lean toward him. Uh, sticking around and playing in the spring because I think he needs I think he needs that season and I think he's also a guy who really doesn't want to end his career without getting that chance to play some semblance of a full senior season uh, so you know I think he'd stick I think he sticks around if there's a spring season I think it's where if, if there's no season at all that for guys like him it's it becomes tough because I mean you know we're, we're talking about a guy now, you know, a guy who's already graduated mm-hmm. from Ohio State, a guy who would now be going into his sixth year, a guy who could, if he had stayed healthy, played a full season last year, could already be in the NFL right now. And I think a guy like that has got to look at it, okay, do I want to spend a whole nother year in college? Do I want to spend a whole nother year not making money? And so I think, you know, I think that's a guy that I think really does have a tough decision to make if there's no season at all. I think I think he sticks around in hopes for a spring. I still think he could come back for another year, 
but I, I can understand why that would be a really difficult decision for him. And you know, and you got to think about it. Like, okay, this is a guy who's got to think. Like, okay, I I was already supposed to be done at Ohio State. I've now had two seasons taken away from me uh, by circumstances out of my control. Do I really want to go through this for a whole another year? Um, that's a tough one. I think that'd be a really a, a really tough one uh, for him uh, if they don't get to play this spring. Yeah, I, 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 he. That's where it gets unfortunate too, because when you think about since your seniors in normal terms, since your seniors are injured, and that's the reason they're back for a six years, because one of those years they legitimately couldn't play. And because of that, a lot of those six-year seniors probably aren't NFL draft picks mainly because of their injury histories. And in this case, he would be a six-year senior looking for a six-year breakout. And that is that is that is a tough thing to do and a tough thing to put yourself through. So um, he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the main people that you think of, of, of this hurting. But the, the We'll say one, one, one side note. I do, think, I do think he would be a guy that if he were to come back, I think because of the things you mentioned before about him being a, 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 a central Ohio guy who is very highly thought of, but I do think he's a guy – you know, coming back for another year could have some NIL opportunities uh, where he could, you know, make some money. So I do think that's one thing that guys can factor in here. If there's another year that, you know, NIL rules are supposed to be in place for next year, and, you know, hopefully there'd be an opportunity for them to make some money in that regard. But but still, tough to do. The third guy that, that was mentioned is Baron Browning. And I think Baron Browning, Baron Browning is a fascinating decision because I would peg Baron Browning's 2019 season somewhere between you know fine and good i don't think it was fully good um i I think he had some some missed opportunities he wasn't even a full-time starter um but i think he's better than fine i think he was somewhere between there and and you know he's someone though who despite that despite never being a full-time starter at ohio state he might not need to play another season just because when you think about him in the nfl like he could be a really, really good NFL player, even though maybe he's never reached his full potential at Ohio State, just because of the physical traits that he has. I mean, I've gushed about him as a potential pass rusher in the NFL and at Ohio State, um, and I think NFL teams are going to see that and they're going to see how explosive he is, how how fast he is at his size, and you know, think about, imagine what they can do with him. And I think that could get him drafted in the top few rounds, even though I don't necessarily think that production-wise. He might be where a lot of Ohio State's top few round draft picks end up. So, Dan, where would you what what, what would you expect from him? Yeah, and that's another really good good one, tough one, because I do. I mean, I think he's a guy that is still already very firmly on NFL scouts radar, and again, and a guy who does need another season to really maximize his draft stock. Um, but I don't know, but he's a guy that. Again, I mean, he's a guy. He just graduated just this past weekend, so he's got his degree. Would he want to stick around for two more years to for the opportunity before going to the NFL? I don't know. Uh, again, I think he's a guy that you know maybe he's a guy that should wait and see what happens with the spring season. And you know, if he gets that opportunity, it, it would probably benefit him to play in the spring. Um, if not, it it might be time. To move on because I because I because I because I think 
the other part of this too for some for a guy like him is you got to weigh it toward you know okay you know if other guys are playing in the spring you know if then you know it, it, it might hurt you if you don't play, if you're not one of these. You know, Justin Fields doesn't need to play. Sean Wade doesn't need to play. But some of these other guys, they might they might need to play in the spring. If other guys are playing in the spring, uh, they've got something to prove. Uh, but if, let's say we end up in a scenario where nobody plays all year, then there's going to be a lot of guys in the NFL draft pool who, who don't have necessarily that tape you'd usually want from an NFL draft pick. There's going to be a lot of guys who are being drafted more on projections than what they've proven in college film. And so I think in that case, a guy like Baron Browning could go to the NFL without playing another snap and still have a chance to be an early round draft pick because teams, I think teams would look at it and say, you know, this is what we think he could have been if he had had the season that was supposed to take place. Yeah, those are all really good, you know, questions, and that's what I think the next few months are going to be filled with their discussions like that, um, which you know, hopefully we'll get some answers on if we're actually going to be talking about them in a spring season or potentially just the fall of 2021. Uh, we've got a few more questions. Um, we can run through them fairly quickly since I think that some of them, you know, we've we've hit on or, or, or honestly, they're just the, the scale of them is so wide that. You know, we've already gone for, what, nearly two hours? We probably should uh, run through these a little bit quickly. But NorCal Buckeye asks, how do how do you think the Power 5 wide, cancella- Power Five wide cancellation of the season, including spring, would impact Ohio State in comparison to other Power 5 or Big Ten schools? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Like, if, if everyone gets canceled, you know, does it, does it necessarily affect – you know, if we're looking toward 2021, if everyone cancels, does it necessarily affect one school more than the other? You know, like I think, you know, you talk about like postponing to spring. Uh, I think, you know, that affects Ohio State more than other schools because they're probably going to lose more guys to the NFL. But I think if it's a full season that everybody loses, I don't know that it necessarily is going to have significantly greater effects on certain programs than others if, if everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the the main impact is the obvious impact, which is Ohio State wouldn't have a 2020 fall season that potentially could end with a national championship. So in that regard, yeah, it would affect Ohio State a lot more than a Rutgers or an Iowa State or something like that. Sorry to group Iowa State in with Rutgers. That was pretty mean right there. Um, but <laughs> in, in terms of other Power 5 or Big Ten schools, I think that's the obvious one. I think the other point I would make is that you know, in this situation, you would probably not be able to either go on recruiting visits um, as coaches or have recruits come to your schools. And I think that that would hurt a lot of teams that are still looking for, for national recruits or are or, or searching for um, to, to get those national recruits on campus. And I think Ohio State is, is one of those. And I think, you know, they could potentially look for more local guys, whether it be Ohio or Midwest guys, because it could get hard to, 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 to finish out some recruitments. So I think those, those are some of the ones. But I think, Dan, you make the point, which is correct, that you know, if, 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 if everybody is, is working on the, under the same calendar, which is that there's no football at all, then the, the effects are going to be um, relatively equivalent. But NorCal Buckeye 
also asked, do you see programs asking coaches and administrators to take salary cuts due to them not performing their standard roles uh, and the severe reduction in revenue? And, Dan, I, I will say, Ryan Day was asked about this on Wednesday, and it had – I mean, it made me laugh. I mean, his – that's that's something that even Ryan Day, who is very comfortable talking about a lot, you can tell it's it, he's still a little bit uncomfortable talking about his own salary. And you know his answer was, you know we've had a lot of conversations, which is sure they've probably talked about that. And I'll be honest, like how are you going to pay Ryan Day what Ryan Day is supposed to make and Chris Holtman what he's supposed to make if these guys are not going to be, you know, coaching what they normally would and, and their sports are going to bring in a. a know not not the are not going to be bringing in the revenue that you know they normally would so yeah I, I personally would expect them to, to take pay cuts the simple answer is yes yeah it's yes it's every single college athletic department in the country is going to have to make cuts uh, if they don't play football uh, that that's tr- that's that's the truth right uh, as Ryan day said he has had conversations with Gene Smith about it so there's going to be cuts one way or another whether it's his pay whether it's to his staff, whether it's to resources, uh, there's going to be cuts made. And I, I would think, I would think the, the best way to do this would be a, a little bit out of each. You know, I mean, uh, un- unfortunately, the reality is uh, there's going to be people in Ohio State's athletic department that lose their jobs, most likely, because there's no football this fall. Uh, you know, there's certainly, you know, going to be resources that have to be cut you know i would i would think if you're ryan day the right message to send to your program uh, into the entire athletic department would be to take a pay cut because you are the person that can most afford to do so and if you don't people are probably going to lose your jobs or worse entire sports might get cut um and you know i think that's something ohio state's hoping to avoid but uh, I think now is when they really have to start having conversations about that, and I think uh, over the next you know weeks or months, we'll, we are certainly going to hear about some budget reductions at Ohio State. I am sure, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 salary cuts are going to be necessary, uh, and I I would not think that Ryan Day would be immune to that. We got three more questions. We can sprint through all of them because NorCal Buckeye asks, what transformations to college football and college sports in general do you see are likely or, or have the potential? And I'll be honest, NorCal Buckeye, we can't get into that right now. I yeah, we've, we've already yeah, talked we, about we've some talked of about, We've talked about some of that, and um, I think we have a three-hour discussion about that. Uh, what is this? Buckski84 asks, will there be an executive order that requires – football to be played this season dan that is just imagine us living in that world for a second yeah uh one no two (laughs) off limits uh off limits uh we're not going to get into that um Um, are you excited this is from gen and juice are you excited for the not season questions from ya boy gen and juice and to that of course yes of course you and silver sniper particularly i know that you two are gonna you guys have already had a lot of wacky questions for us, so I know you've got uh, plenty more in store, and we're going to need them. Uh, we're going to need them. So uh, absolutely, as I as I mentioned on the forums this week, uh, for those of you who asked questions, uh, I did uh, politely request that we stay on topic this week because I knew this would be a long show with a lot to talk about. But uh, going forward, 
uh, I don't know if there's going to be a lot to talk about. So uh, whatever you guys, you know, any ideas you guys have, you know, off the wall kind of stuff, uh, whatever. Uh, we're open to we're open to literally any ideas right now. Uh, so so feel free uh, to hit us up. You know, hit us up on Twitter, email us. Uh, next time we post one of these threads, give us ideas, uh, comments uh, of of the Real Pod Wednesday's post on the website. Any ideas you have, uh, please uh, feel free to uh, shoot them our way. Uh, we'll ultimately decide if there's something that we want to uh, tackle. But uh, you know, we're going to have to get creative, uh, and so uh, we certainly uh, are open to whatever you guys, you know, ideas that you have. We want to know what you guys want to hear about because. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it's going to be pretty difficult uh, to do a podcast uh, in the fall without football. And, and I, I don't know yet um, in terms of you know how often we're going to be doing this. We haven't really had those conversations yet. I would suspect uh, we probably are not going to be doing this every single week uh, for a fall without football. Um, you know, Right now, uh, Colin's helping out with some Blue Jacket stuff. I might be too, so uh, we'll see You know, here in upcoming weeks. But you know, when there's stuff we feel like we need to talk about, which was certainly the case this week, uh, we'll have a show and uh, we'll probably just kind of play it by ear, you know, as we go through the fall and uh, have those discussions. But uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, you know, we certainly are going to do, uh, and I think I speak for everyone at 11 Warriors, that we're certainly going to do the best we can uh, to come up with creative content ideas uh, for the next few months. Uh, this is It's going to be a challenge for all of us because this is uh completely unprecedented uh to to have a fall without football and and so you know we're gonna have to try some different things i'm gonna guess some will work and some won't because <laughs> because we're all kind of flying blind here uh but well we're gonna be around we're gonna be uh continuing to produce content for you guys and uh we're, we're gonna try to make it fun we're gonna try to make it interesting you know i think right now most of the stories on the site are probably more somber more serious because of the seriousness of the situation, but I, I think as we start to you know get closer to September uh, and reality's kind of set in, uh, we'll probably get into some more fun stuff, uh, some more creative stuff, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Listen, if, if anyone out there wants a question and answer with the Juan Jones high school basketball coach, I am here to provide. I look, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. I had forgotten that you had done done that Q and A. So I'm looking forward to that eventually seeing the light of day at some point in this football uh, not season, as Gin and Juice called it. Exactly, exactly. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I, I know it's been a hard week for all of you. It, it's 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 been tough for all of us. Uh, so uh, we really appreciate you guys. You know, hanging in there, uh, listening to us. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best to, you know, keep it fun and, you know, pr- provide interesting content for you guys. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to, you know, watch some football in the spring. You know, we'll, we're, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think we're going to try not to get our hopes up too much just because uh, we, we know what just happened this week. But, uh, you know, we're going to do the best we can. Whatever happens, we're going to do our best to cover it the best we can. So uh, I want to thank you all uh, once again for listening. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed, the, enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you again soon.